Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hello there. I'm Mike. That fella right over there, the good-looking one, is Joel. <laughs> and uh, you know what I do, Joel? I This is Growing in Grace, by the way, the podcast. Sometimes uh, when people call me at work, like on the intercom or something, or they buzz my phone, I'll pick it up and I'll say, Ugly department, how can I help you? Good <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, this is just what I do. I mean, I, I got to do something to break the tension during the course of the day. If I if I know who it is, uh, I might say, uh, "Ugly department, your order is ready." But what do you mean by that? <laughs> it's all open to it. It's like the Bible. It's all open to interpretation. Yeah. Well, that's 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 one way to do. I have to remember that because. Well, I used to answer the phone because back in the day when we were both on radio. When I was at, up at the radio station, I answered the phone one way, KWLF, or the Friendship Network, or however we had answered it there. And then at work, I had to answer it a different way. And then at home, I would answer it a different way. And then if I didn't r- remember where I was at at the moment, then I would answer the phone in the wrong way. <laughs> so someone from work <laughs> would call me, and I would answer like I was at the radio station. And they're like, what? Oh, I think we've all had that happen. Here's a funny one for you. Back when cell phones were new... Hope I don't get in trouble for sharing this, but my wife, her phone was ringing in the other room and hurry, hurry up and get it. So she's, oh, is that my phone? Oh, okay. So she's running over to get her phone. Well, it had a, when you go to pick up your phone, again, these were old cell phones. It had a couple of options and one of them was answer. So you would hit the button right by where it said answer. So when she went to hit it again, she's trying to catch this before it stops ringing. She picks up the phone and she says, answer. Because <laughs> that's what was that's on what her it mind says. At the so time. Answer. So I guess that that's just how it works. That's good. That's kind of like when I'm praying. I pray to God. Answer. <laughs> but he doesn't always answer right away. But he does hear us. He does hear. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Uh, lastly. I think it was really good. I talking about how the Holy Spirit. Many of listeners, I'm sure, can testify to this. But in so much of the church, it's taught that the Holy Spirit is there to convict you of your sins. When you mess up, He is there to convict you. And so we went through uh, some scriptures that talk about how that's not what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, rather, He builds us up. We're built up in Him. We are being transformed from glory to glory. Jesus said that the glory that God gave him, that the Father gave him, he has given to us, and we behold that glory in a mirror, and uh, we are transformed from glory to glory, and uh, the sin, the sin problem has been dealt with. Yes, indeed, we do still commit individual sins, or we do, you know, we commit ungodly behavior, and those are bad. Those are bad things. They don't do us any good. They don't do anyone any good. They don't represent who we are. But between us and God, the sin issue has been taken care of. God's not looking at us according to our sin and our sin count, how well we manage our sin. He's not looking at us or interacting with us according to how well we have 
the sin issue under control. Because again, as far as he is concerned, through the cross, our sin has been taken away. We have been perfected in Jesus Christ. We have the righteousness of God. It's his righteousness that he's given us as a gift. And so that is the truth that we need as the church to build ourselves up in. And then, um, you know, if we want to be continue to be transformed and to know God more and more, it's not through trying to lower our sin count or sin less or anything like that. It's through knowing him. I think sometimes we have a hard time relating to the Holy Spirit. I don't know why that is, because he's he's the one that's leading and guiding us into all truth. He's the one who's bearing witness of Jesus. He is one of the most gentle and caring and compassionate people that you'll ever have the chance to know. He's not there to bang his fist on the table every time you fall short. That's just not what he's there for. He's there to help remind you, believer in Christ, that you are his righteousness, that you are loved unconditionally. By and large, most people will know when they've committed a sin or committed some sort of act of, of having done something wrong. Most people don't need to be reminded of that. I know sometimes people will will squash that. They'll try to cover it up. Even self-righteous people will, you know, look the other way and, and not even realize that they just committed a sin. I mean, there, there are some sins that take place that are so subtle that we don't even think of them as sins. The way Jesus brought them out when he was teaching the law during the Sermon on the Mount, he was revealing you know, some things that people wouldn't necessarily consider sin. He was exposing some of these sins as being something that was, you know, a bad thing. Even having dislike or hate for another person was being compared to murder. Uh, Even looking at somebody with a lustful thought was being compared to adultery. And so there are a lot of things, I think, sometimes in the course of any given day where we may or may not even realize that there is some sort of quote unquote sin taking place. You know, do you have all of your thoughts perfectly in order all of the time? I mean, have you ever turned anybody away? There's just a whole list of things. Some stand out more than others. I think the point, one of the points we want to try to make here is indeed Jesus did come to take sin away and he accomplished that. It It truly was mission accomplished. Sometimes you hear that phrase, you don't know if it really was accomplished. Well, it was with Jesus. And so th- this is this is something, though, that we want you to understand. The law demanded, the, and the commandments within that old covenant, they demanded that those rules and statutes and commands be kept perfectly, perfectly. And nobody could ever do it. And I don't think there's anybody who has lived before the cross or after, or even after you became a Christian, who hasn't fallen short, right? Of course not. And, and as Joel said many times last week, sin is, is a bad thing. You, you, we don't want to be drawn to sin. It's, it's just not good for us. It's not a part of who we are. It's going to affect your circumstances in this life and perhaps hurt others around you. It's just not a good thing. Fortunately, though, God isn't looking for us to just get into sin management, reduce your sin count. Reducing your sin count, as I just said, it's a good thing, but that has nothing to do with your position with God in Christ. It, it, it doesn't. It's not how he relates to you. It's not going to change where you stand for all of eternity. And he has empowered us with something called grace. Grace empowers us to live godly lives in Christ Jesus. 
and teaches us to deny ungodliness. It's not the rules by the command, whether they were written in stone or, or with ink. None of those could empower anybody to be able to resist sin and, and things related to sin. It, it doesn't empower. It doesn't. The law doesn't do that. That's why it was replaced with something new and better, the covenant of Jesus Christ, the new covenant. But grace will empower us and teach us to deny ungodliness. But I just want you to know, again, if you've struggled with falling short and uh, you keep going back to try to get forgiven all over again, uh, and that's a whole other subject, but you, you don't need to be in that place. There's a better place for you to abide, and the Spirit is there to convince and, and expose the righteousness of God in you in spite of our shortcomings. Yeah, right. And, you know, like you were talking about, if it's about how much we sin, the standard is perfection. The standard is if you break one law, if, if well, if you keep the entire law, if you do good 99.9% of the time and you fall short in just one area, you're guilty of all. And so the standard according to our works and our sin count and our sin management and so on, is perfection. If you just fall short in one area, you've fallen short in the whole thing. You're guilty of all. And so if it's about lowering our sin count, as far as our standing with God, where's the line? You know, How do you, how do you know you've reached a certain level of not sinning so that you're okay with God? Well, the standard is perfection. So the line is all the way. It's like it's like you're standing on one side of the Grand Canyon, and the goal is to jump across. Well, okay, I can get a running jump, and I might make it three feet or whatever, and somebody else might be able to make it six or ten feet or however far somebody can jump. But either way, everyone's going to fall short. And so what has happened with Christ and the cross and his resurrection is that we have been gifted with perfection. And it's not based upon anything that we do. It's not based upon, well, we've wiped out 99.9% of the sin in our lives, and so we're closer to God than somebody else who hasn't done as well. It's not based on that at all. It's based upon Jesus Christ himself was evil Knievel, and he jumped across the Grand Canyon on his motorcycle for us, or whatever. I mean, that's probably that's pretty silly, but Jesus Christ met the standard for us, on our behalf, and we have been gifted with what he accomplished for us, and it's not based upon what we do. And so, again, it is good to turn from sin, but our standing with God never is dependent upon how well we perform, because, um, again, the grace of God has gifted us not only with perfection that we needed, but also like you say, Cap, with the empowerment to overcome sin. And again, we're not going to reach some level of perfection in our behavior, but as far as our standing with God, we've been made completely perfect. Yeah, people have it in mind that repentance is reducing your sin count, turning away from sin. Again, we're not saying that turning away from sin is a bad thing. It's, it's a good thing to do. We're just saying that you're never going to be able to reach that standard of perfection. You'll never, you're never going to be able to do it. And, and lowering your sin count isn't going to impress God, but it, it will help you, certainly in this life. And uh, I think it'll, it'll help others around you as well, because it's just, it's just one of those things where, like, like you were saying, Joel, how, how do you know 
that you've arrived at the place just because you don't drink anymore, you don't smoke anymore, you don't tell dirty jokes, you don't run around, you don't do some of the things you used to do, you give more money, uh, all of those, you know, wonderful things, right? But, you know, again, just because you've taken your balance, your sin balance from, from this amount way down to this amount is not going to change anything when it comes to our position with God in Christ. Because what that leads to, when, when people start doing that, it leads to self-righteousness is what it does. And people kind of start boasting and looking down on others and judging others and all kinds of things when they're just as guilty as the people who they are judging. So we kind of want to stay away from falling into that trap and, and realize that the Spirit of God who abides in us now, we, we rely upon Him to bear His fruit through us. So we take no credit even for the fruit because it's not ours. We bear it, but he produces it through us. That's right. It's his fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not our fruit (laughs) that we bear for God. But we bear the fruit that he produces in and through us, like a branch and a vine. I think someone said that one time. Uh, But anyway, the whole idea of being free from a consciousness of sin. We're going to continue on with this subject next week. You know, uh, many people still think that in Christ they're, they're just a sinner saved by grace. And if you ask them if they're righteous and if they judge themselves based on their works, they're going to tell you no. But in Christ we have been made righteous. We've been set free from sin and we've been made righteous. And so we'll talk about that next week on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.